Hello everyone and welcome to my second episode of Light My Fire. Um, so today is a very special episode. It is my first episode with a guest speaker um, and it's with my dear friend Lisa. Um, so today you can expect um, to get real vulnerable up in here. Um, we're talking all things spirituality, um, self-development, um, healing, and just exploring what lights are in a fire. Um, and the start of the episode, I actually, I mean, right before we started, I was really nervous. Um. So obviously it's, um, as we're recording, we're in lockdown, but I actually um, am living with Lisa. So we were lucky enough to be in the same room together. Um, and I was sitting there, sitting across from her, and I just felt so nervous, um, even though I feel so comfortable with Lisa. And so I had to actually stop the recording and I just suggested that we dance to um, get shaky. Um, and so we danced, um, and got my nerves out. And then the start of the recording, I mean, at the, at the start, I wanted to cut this out, but I think that it just, it really shows, um, a side of me that I don't usually show people. And I just thought, um, I think it is very much a part of what I want to share with the world and encourage people to do, which is be vulnerable. And I mean, I really love Brene Brown and the movement that I feel like she's starting of this kind of vulnerability movement. So if you haven't looked up Brene Brown, look her up, um, look at her, um, her TED talk. Anyway, so the start of this episode is just me kind of having a little vulnerability moment, um, but I thought I would keep that in there just to keep it real. Um, hope you guys like this episode, and yes, enjoy. I think, it, like, it's, I don't usually let people see me this vulnerable. It's like, I put on a mask to, to just, like, I've got my shit together. your truth right now my truth is that it well it's like that quote speak your voice even if speak your truth even if your voice shakes just be yourself you know but like speak like speaking to you feels more real like when i was speaking to myself it's like i've always done this i've always um recorded myself but being with someone else But you have to allow yourself to go through that, otherwise you never do it. That's why I think you don't do it, right? Do what? Just 
out into the world if it's so vulnerable. It is. This is a great way to start the podcast. This is a great way to start the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> About vulnerability. Yeah. Okay. Well, I like the way this is flowing. I do too. Okay, so let's talk about how we met. Okay. Let's start with that. Okay, well, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> we met at a mystical shop called Perfect Potion. It's actually such a mystical sounding name. It is. For two mystical people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we were both working there, and apparently, according to you, which I completely <laughs> didn't remember, <laughs> but according to you, I was like, I don't know, you tell me, what, what did I say? Well, I was like way too excited, like, I was yeah. hyper excited. And, like, I came in, and you were, like, finishing your shift, and you just looked over it. <laughs> so over it. And I was like, hey, I'm Heidi, la, la, and you're like, wow, like, you're really excited. <laughs> just, just, and I was like, are you enjoying working here? Like, I was, like, full of energy, and you just, like, yeah, just, I, I was at the start, but just give it a few months. <laughs> you were so over it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Just telling it like it is. I don't remember that. Honestly, it's like cutting out all the bad memories. There was some interesting memories in that place. It was just so strange because it was like, to give you guys context, it was like in the airport, but it was like, it was like a um, hallway. No, yeah, hallway. Mm -hmm. But it was, it wasn't really that busy. Um, and especially, like, later at night, it really wasn't busy at all. So, like, there was a, like, a few hours sometimes where, like, no one would even come in or buy anything. So quiet. Like, so quiet. I mean, if anyone, like, the managers or someone who owns Perfect Potion ever listened to this, like, I doubt it, but, like... <laughs> I know, that's what I was thinking. I mean, you know... I wasn't in the mood to clean, so that wasn't going to happen, and a girl can only read so much about the properties of different herbs, and like, you know, you know, for a few months I was really excited about it, and I used all my free time to read on all the different plants, and the different properties, and different chakras, and, you know, it was a big playground, and then after a few months, it's just get over it really quickly yeah and then and then next door was a chocolate shop oh and my then, god yeah so we ended up just like eating a lot of chocolate yep and just going on our phone basically yep so a lot of journaling a lot of journaling yes and cards yeah so yeah it was it was a time it was a time and then when the pandemic started like obviously because we worked at the airport we lost our jobs like pretty quickly and we were both casuals so well I quit because I was going to go to LA oh wow acting and then COVID happened and I was like um can I have my job back and then they were like no (laughs) oh my god (laughs) like yeah fair enough (laughs) oh okay I didn't know that yeah okay right yeah so I mean COVID really turned us around with that like our lives around like everyone Mm. 
So you're going to go to LA to do acting, and then what happened? Uh, yeah, and then I couldn't go to LA anymore. I think, actually, probably for good reason. Like, I didn't have a real plan. I just got a massive sign that I wanted to follow acting, mm-hmm. and so I just like I'm gonna I'm the kind of person like if I get a sign or a hint mm. of anything, like, I want it straight away and I want it now, mm. you know? So, yeah, with acting, I kind of, like, got reminded that this was something that my heart wanted for so long um, while I was working at Perfect Potion. Mm. So, um, this is a bit of a story. Yeah, we love the story. <laughs> I basically have, you know, ever since I was little, I always wanted to do singing, dancing, acting, like performing, but I grew up with like very traditionally Korean parents who, you know, believed that you had to get the stable job and there was no, you know, space in life for following your heart's dreams or, you know, even having desires outside of like security and whatever um so that's a bit of context and I would always like perform and like sing and like you know express my dreams and I'd always kind of just be not seen and you know I wouldn't even get encouragement from my parents to the point where I questioned if I was actually talented in this which I realise now I am, and I'm able to say that with a lot less, or, you know, maybe no shame, but I don't know, a lot less shame than I could before. Like, it was hard for me to even sing in front of someone. Oh, I haven't you heard anything really. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, it was just really, like, it was this part of me that I kept in the closet so much because I didn't think it was lovable. And this part of me is, like, is my authentic self. So ever since I was little, I kind of suppressed that. And even when it came to, like, my final school exams, I did do drama and music, and they were my top subjects. You know, I hated everything else. Like, they were my top subjects. And, like, I had so much fun doing them. Oh, my God. I did so well in those subjects. Like, you know how everyone thinks that art subjects scales you down? No, 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 no. No, like, honestly, I scored so high in them because I genuinely was so passionate about it. If I could go back to high school, I would have done art, music, dance, drama, like all four of them. But back then the teachers were like, no, it's not not good to do more than two creative subjects because, like, some logical excuse or, fuck that noise. If I was to go back, I would do all of them, you know? Anyway, so I... Even though I did do music and drama, I still um, didn't, yeah, I didn't carry that on after school. Mm. I went to uni and I studied media and I, I just kind of numbed myself with alcohol and drugs and, yeah, I was just, like, just so, I think, broken and living out of this, like, unconscious space I mean also side note like when are we ever fully conscious but Mm. when I say unconscious space I mean like I was living without intention Mm. 
and um, because my heart's intentions were like shamed for so long to the point where I pretty much just forgot that I had these dreams. So I went to uni after that, I went into full-time work and I followed promotion after promotion and that, you know, Capricorn in me like loved that, chasing the promotion. And then the next promotion, I looked up at the person above me and I was like, I do not like you at all. And then I thought, like, what the fuck do I want to do? Like, who do I want to be? And then I had a bit of a mid-quarter life crisis. And, oh, hi, Chili. (laughs) (laughs) Any noises that you hear is the lovely Chili. (laughs) Yeah. I'm making um. Yeah. Yeah. So, chilly. <laughs> but like, chilly's just looking up at you and all like, yeah, mum, tell me more. You want to know more? <laughs> um. Yeah. So. Yeah, I I ended up quitting my job, and the only thing that I knew I liked at the time was yoga. And. How did you find yoga? I actually started through my corporate job because mm-hmm. I was sitting at the desk all day. I was starting to feel the impact of like not moving my body, so I started going to fitness first, the gym, mm-hmm. and doing the yoga classes there. Mm-hmm. And the intention was because I wanted the body of like yogis. <laughs> um, but yeah, now the intention has shifted a lot, mm-hmm. of course. Um, yeah, and. <laughs> Yeah, so I, after I quit my job, which is a whole other funny story I can explain to you another time because I still need to get to the point of this story. Um, <laughs> after I quit my job, I I did my yoga teacher training. I started to do holistic health coaching. And, you know, I was so eagerly trying to find, like, some purpose to latch on to, to, like, achieve something, you know? I, I was like, okay, I'm going to, you know, be a holistic health coach and start my own business and I can, like, succeed and, like, you know, make a name for myself. Like, da, da, da. I was in flight or fight mode for so long, even after I quit my corporate job. I was healing from, like, and detoxing from all the alcohol, all the drugs, all the high stress, all the toxicity of like you know just not living from my heart not being surrounded by people who were living from their hearts as well I'm not saying that like it's anyone else's fault like I just I do believe that the people I surrounded myself with was a reflection of how I connected with myself which is I think that that's everyone yeah 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 so when you decided to leave the corporate world, was that when you saw the person above you and thought, that's not for me, or was there another kind of moment that led you to decide to walk away? Well, okay, so we're going to end up talking yeah, about it. I think, I think it needs to come out. <laughs> Basically, um, yeah, I saw the person above me, and, you know, I never really liked that environment anyway, like, and the higher up, up I got, 
the more I saw the lack of integrity in the corporate environment and mm. then also in like business dealings and you know the whole advertising industry and the desperation to hit you know money targets mm. over holding integrity or like like what is really good for you know for people and yeah it just so wasn't hard aligned and yeah it just wasn't healthy for me so I think I knew like it was a build up but then also yes seeing the person above me and also the fact that hey also the fact that I was like so stressed in my body like real bad IBS you know Monday to Friday and just being exhausted like Monday to Friday, you know, all day, five days a week, that's your life. Mm-hmm. That's your whole life. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, I knew I needed to quit and my heart wanted to just travel and like just explore something outside of this, you know, this jail that I built for myself. And, but I also just didn't have the courage to like leave the security of the job so what I did instead was I found this other job I thought maybe I just need to find another job that's higher pay higher position so I applied for this senior manager role and it was like 100k salary mind you I was what I think like 20 24 like that's really fucking good for that age right um I applied that job and I convinced them they were like we just think because I'd only been a manager for what like three months or something at my old job and they were like we just think that you know you aren't experienced enough as a manager yet and I convinced them to give me the senior manager role like yeah, I was that good yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah I did um but then when they gave me the offer I just wasn't that excited about it and I told my past employer and they gave me a counter offer and I wasn't that excited about that either. Mm-hmm. And I said no to the counter offer. Mm-hmm. And one day at the end of the week, I still hadn't signed the contract at the job offer. At the end of the week, I was in, uh, you know, class pass. Mm-hmm. It's basically like this thing where you just get to like trial different like yoga studios or gyms, like, you just get to exercise at different studios. It gives you, like, a pass to, like, try a different place. So this yoga studio I don't go to very often. I went to, and I had a class, and afterwards I saw this call from my new employer, and I called them back, and the guy was like, hey, you still haven't signed the contract yet, and it makes us think that you don't really want the job, so we're thinking of giving it to someone else. And then how I know, like, that I really didn't want it was my reaction, which was, there's nothing I can do, there's nothing I can say to change your mind, is there? And even the guy was taken aback, like, um, yeah, no. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, like for a split second there, I was like, panic. I'd said no to the counter offer, now I didn't have this new job, but as soon as that, like, it was a second of panic, and then it was this overwhelm of like relief like oh my god (sighs) that's what I needed 
for me and quit immediately. You know, and the universe probably knew that I wasn't going to leave when I I followed (laughs) this, like, other shiny carrot. And so after that moment, I mean, what were you feeling? Where, Where were you at? Like, what happened during that time after you didn't take both offers? So after that, I thought, okay, I'm going to slow the fuck down. I emailed all the yoga studios in Sydney, being like, hey, do you need help? I can do admin stuff, whatever. And the very yoga studio I was in when I got that phone call was the only yoga studio that got back to me. And I ended up working there. Right? Fucking crazy. Yeah, I ended up working there for like four or five months. And they just... It's just like, it's like if you were running at high speed, non-stop. If you were running on a hamster wheel, like non-stop for ages, and then you hop off it, you know how you feel like you're still running on it? And you, you've got to adjust, and you're like, hey, there's life off this hamster wheel? What the fuck? That hamster's sitting on a hammock with sunglasses on next to a palm tree. What the fuck am I doing on this wheel? Like, yeah. <laughs> legit. And, like, I think that this is such, like, an important time to share this story as well because I think a lot of people, especially that have been working in corporate for so long, would be feeling this way right now of that they have just been running off adrenaline. Because when you're in it, like, it's, you know, you're in the commute, like, the rush hour, the rushing within work, and it is most of your life. And and as you're explaining it, it's bringing back all the memories for me as well. And I have I had such a similar experience because it's like you, you do you you living off adrenaline, you're running, you're you're always running, mm-hmm. you know. And I I really felt like that. And one moment, um, one day I was actually running for the train because I was always running, right? I was always late. I just could not seem to be there on time because I my soul did not want to be there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And one day I was running, and then it was a beautiful morning. I remember it, it was like clear skies. It was like crisp, you know. And I was running across the footbridge, and I just stopped. I stopped running. I looked around, and I just took a deep breath, and I was like, "Why do I keep running?" And I actually took that day off. And that was the first day that I was like, I'm taking a mental health day off. You know, I'm not sick physically, but mentally I'm done. I need a break. And I need to reevaluate, you know? So I get that running thing. And I think that that was the first moment for me where I took myself off the hamster wheel. But I think it takes, a long time to deep fried once you've left that kind of adrenaline rush life it does take a long time to actually get your body back to a state of calm and you know such a long time yeah like i i quit how, how am i 20 i think i quit like almost four years ago um 
or three, I think four years ago, and I feel like I'm only just getting to like a calm place. It took me so long. I thought traveling was gonna help. But during my travels, I just got really sick. I mean, part of it was because I couldn't help but eat all the bar me and it was making my IBS really bad. But <laughs> but during my travels, I was like, you know, journaling every day and like, like doing all this self-development work and like I was highly stressed the whole time. And then I was like, you know, looking into, like, becoming a holistic health coach, and then I was going to teach English in Korea, and I was like, do, 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 like, just super stressed out. So you, so you left your corporate job, the corporate world, and then you decided to travel, like, straight up, right? Yeah, I took about four months at that studio, and then I did my yoga teacher training to start off. Travels. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then decided to travel. And I mean, what was the main thing that you learned while you traveled? I learned that I need a strong sense of community. Mm-hmm. Like, as much as I love traveling by myself, it's so good. I also found that. I was craving community and like just craving soul friendships and in order to find some sort of closeness or intimacy I would spend my time with people who were so lovely and great but I would end up not doing so nourishing things for me like end up drinking and smoking and just you know all of that I have no regrets but I also do just like the lesson learned is that it's important for me to be in a strong community with soul friendships as much as I do love my independence, like traveling alone. And, um, yeah. So you're saying that when you were traveling, you were still rushing. So when did you realize that you actually had to slow down? Well, Probably not until after the trip when I got home. Maybe even a year after the trip. Yeah, I didn't really notice that I was like rushing. And so going back to the start when you were saying that, you know, growing up it what you weren't really you didn't feel like you were able to express your emotions and I kind of, and kind of be creative, your full creative self. So how did you kind of find that part of you again? Okay, so, well, I think with music, like, I've always done some music. Um, it's just a matter of, like, I haven't really been so, like, sharing of that. Um, but I think it will be helpful to share how I reconnected with acting. So. I guess, yeah, after high school, I just put acting in, like, the closet. And I was like, I've buried you now. That's it. You're done. And I was working at Perfect Potion, and I covered someone in Bonnard Junction. 
and I was working and I saw this girl who had a script in her hand and I was so curious I was like oh hey are you an actor and she was like yeah I am all right and I was like that is so interesting and we got to talking about it and I said oh, I wanted to be an actor when I was little and she was like why don't you do it you know what you know what like I'll give you my phone number we can catch up a coffee we can talk about it if you want oh right. she was so supportive I love those moments. Yeah. You just meet strangers and just connect like that. Totally. And and I thought, like, that was the kind of the, the small spark. And then the next day I was covering someone again at Bonner Junction. And, um, I, yeah, I, um, I came out from the break room after journaling. Mm-hmm. And, um, I saw this cup. It was a Starbucks cup. It said something on it. And there was a customer, like, walking, you know, it was obviously her. And I remember feeling so tired and, like, I couldn't be fucked talking to anyone. Like, something was, like, talk. And I was like, Sonia, how are you today? And she was like, oh, how do you know my name? And then I was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm a psychic. And she was like, oh. and I was like, no, I'm just kidding. Like, I saw the name on your car. <laughs> and she was like, oh, I was going to say, because I know someone who, it was like, you know, and we started talking about spiritual stuff, and we just got along so well, and then it turns out that she's an actress as well. And then it, we start talking about acting, and I just felt like it was a massive sign from the universe, like, the more I talked about it with her. Like, we ended up talking for an hour, and... Yeah, she gave me, like, she was encouraging me. She was like, you should go to L.A., you know, write, you know, write the names of these acting schools down. She gave me these two ones. She, I wrote them down, and she gave me all these tips and whatever. And, yeah, she just inspired me so much, and I just started crying on the shop floor. I started crying, and I just literally said out loud, I was customers around my manager's like walking around like trying to be nice like obviously Lisa's having a moment (laughs) um yeah I was crying and I was like I feel so seen like it was this hidden part of me that I'd kept hidden for so long Mm -hmm. felt so (coughs) seen sorry I just coughed on your turquoise (laughs) No COVID. Yeah, weird. It's like the most like I throw chakra thing to do. <laughs> Let it out. Yeah. yeah, I just felt so fucking seen and it just really touched me and I felt really encouraged to do it. And <coughs> that's why I was like, I'm going to LA. <laughs> I remember that moment. In like two months' time, yeah. I booked my flight. Yeah. I was like, I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> but the universe obviously was like Lisa, this is a long haul. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when I went home and I read my journal mm-hmm. in the break room, mm-hmm. right before I met Sonia, I'd literally written Universe, give me a sign wow. of what path I'm going to follow. So how has spirituality helped you on like through all of this It's helped me because it's helped me connect to more of my true self and more of my heart. 
not what what's been you know programmed into me by other people through childhood society like what other people uh, have you know maybe consciously or unconsciously molded me into it's just helped me to step into more of my own freedom to like just be who I want to be which is ultimately love so it's also helped me to love myself even more um you know I think what people are scared of is their own desires like sometimes it's like I, I see people struggling to admit their heart's desires because it's a lot easier to not be disappointed than want something and so what would you what advice would you give to those people who are struggling to follow their heart's desires advice would I give people who are struggling to follow their heart's desires? Well, I think like knowing and being aware that you're struggling to follow your heart's desires is the first step so you're already on on the path. Mm -hmm. I think if you're listening to this right now, then yeah, it's a good sign. Yeah, yeah. Also, I do feel like we need to feel like Grounded in ourselves enough. That's a guard dog. Yeah. <laughs> ah. Oh my gosh, I didn't realize how much he's just shed. Oh, oh bread. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I do. I, okay. This is a big question. It is a big question. It is a really big question. So then let me, let me bring it back to you then. What advice? With what the knowledge that you have now, what advice would you have given your younger self to follow your own heart's desires? If you, Lisa, now could give to I don't know your eighteen-year-old self, yeah, what advice would you give her? Well, I wouldn't want her to change anything that she did, so I would just say like trust that it's all going to unfold as it's meant to. Um, when I look back, I feel like what has helped me is to ground myself into my body and cultivate a sense of deservingness to be here, the deservingness to be alive, and like just all root chakra stuff. Okay, so for people who don't know what the heck you're talking about, I think we, we get caught. We, like, I know everything that you're yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. But, like, so I guess for cultivating your um, your heart's desires, you, you're saying grounding yourself. What does grounding yourself mean for those who don't know? It means getting out of your head and more into your body. And how? How? What kind of things do you do? So, just to give some context, the amount of information that we're exposed to today, in comparison to like the eighties or whatever, mm-hmm. is like I don't know how many times more, but like a fuck ton more. Okay, <laughs> that's a valuable measurement. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> a fuck ton more information. And if you think about it, like, it, it, so we've got 
the programming that we've had since birth through our parents, school, people around us, movies, music, everything that we're exposed to, mm-hmm. school, oh, I've said school, <laughs> what we read, yeah, like yeah. everything. Yeah. On top of that, day to day, we have our phones, mm. and on our phones there are apps, mm. and, you know, on our apps there's a likes and comments section mm-hmm. and the message section. Mm-hmm. It just, like, goes on and on, right? We have so much information that we're exposed to mm-hmm. that our mind loses track on what is our truth, mm-hmm. I feel. So it's easy to lose focus and lose sight on what our authentic, our most true heart desires are. So what helps with that, what helps ground your head more is is meditation for sure. Um, meditation or like yoga or something that you can do, some sort of sacred space that you can create mm-hmm. to intentionally connect with yourself, mm-hmm. not just on a surface level, but on a deep level, even if it's like 10 minutes to start. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that's, I know people say like exercise is their meditation or whatever. But I think it's easy for exercise to be quite surface level mm. as well. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, like it just depends. Like when I'm running, for example, like I am definitely in my body, but like I'm listening to like pump up music. I'm like overstimulated from like all the things that are going on. Like I'm, so I'm in my body, but I'm also distracted. Mm. And then when I'm, doing something like slow yoga, like yin yoga, or meditation, you you are pulling your body, you're slow, you're focusing on your breath, and it is, it's completely different, it's, yeah, and and I guess a question I want to ask is that, because I know that we both overthink a lot, so... I think a lot of people say I can't meditate because I'm an overthinker and my brain just won't shut up. So, like, what advice would you give to people that are putting off meditation because of that? Well, that's even more reason why you can meditate. (laughs) And so, I mean, when you first started cultivating these daily practices like yoga, meditation, journaling, I mean... Did you kind of do it all at once? Like, how did you kind of start all of this? What led you to start cultivating these daily practices that grounded you and and, um, helped you, lead you where you are now? Well, yoga, as I said before, was from, like, the gym, and I just could feel, like, how much better I felt Mm. mentally Mm. as well as physically. Mm. But mostly mentally, every time I did yoga, I could feel such a shift that's why I kept doing it but then meditation I started because I was super depressed like in my ex-relationship and I started with headspace for like five minutes on the bus and I also felt a shift in that and then 
but it didn't become like an everyday routine until I had like a bit of a crazy episode from some drugs that I'd taken mm-hmm. and where I thought that people were out to kill me like mm-hmm. every day so I was on like mega flight or fight mode every single day triggered by like the smallest, smallest things in the street so that like in that space I was like I have no choice mm-hmm. but to meditate every day and journal every day it was the only way I could get through it and it was like my mind, it was completely uncontrollable. Like, you know, the people who say, yeah, I overthink too much or whatever. I'm not denying that that's true. For me, when I thought that I was going to get killed every day, yeah, it was true. I, I thought too much and I couldn't control it. It was like knee-jerk reaction, like horrific, am I going to die thoughts. And something in the back of my mind was saying like you can you can you know you have power over the mind and that's why I meditated and journaled every day and here I am and beyond journaling meditation was there anything else that helped you get over that time because that must have been really hard a really really hard time for you going through that internally like and having to still show up in the world, you know, did you have, you know, a good support system? I didn't. So, so you're saying that meditation and yoga helped you through this and time? Journaling and journaling and talking to myself out loud with yourself, wow. And like, you know, I probably had more spiritual support from, you know, the universe or whatever, like I saw a psych once, mm-hmm. which is, you know, but outside of that, it was all done like by myself, which isn't something that I recommend to everyone. But what would you recommend? Well, I would recommend. I think talking to someone is good, but I also feel like I only say that as like to keep me safe, <laughs> so because it's like the right thing to say, like you know, talk to my therapist. But in saying that, like, because I've been able to manage what I went through without mm. constant therapy, I think, I think that, I mean, also knowing you as well, um, you are just such a strong-willed person. Like, I've always seen that in you, such determination, um, such resilience, and I guess... Um, the fact that you were able to overcome that potentially on your own is fucking amazing but I just don't think that that's reality of a lot of people so I think that that's maybe the part of you that's saying okay well um, yeah a part of me also wants to say go talk to someone and I also would say that too Um, talking to someone is important someone that you trust doesn't necessarily have to be a therapist but talking to someone that you trust definitely um, because not everyone is as strong and resilient as you. <laughs> but, um, it, yeah, you're living proof that it is possible to overcome these things. And it could have been faster if I spoke to someone. Yeah, right. And then, so, after that kind of period, what, I mean, what um, helped you to kind of move beyond that besides yoga and meditation? Like, 
and, and journaling? Like, did you um, do research? Did you um, meet new people? Like, what other kind of things inspired you to get you to where you are now? Well, I definitely feel like so much more supported by friends that like accept me for who I am and not just like accept me, only accept me, but like really encourage me and like celebrate me as my authentic self who I don't need to like keep myself small for or like pretend like I'm someone else or anything and there was a period of loneliness that I had to go through um and yeah I'm so grateful for the support network that I now have oh my gosh I'm so grateful for the support network that I now now have and I'm inspired by them like the people around me yeah. So, what lights your inner fire? What lights my inner fire? Freedom. Freedom to be who you want to be. Freedom to express what you want to express. To live the life that you want to live. Freedom. And how do you cultivate that in your life? I focus on being freedom and then, yeah, I focus on being freedom. So I really like introspect and reflect on like what beliefs or like what thought patterns I hold on to that align or do not align to this freedom. And I kind of see what in my life is inhibiting or empowering my freedom and I like I'll make shifts and and yeah that's pretty much how and when I see you I just see like pure embodiment of joy um you just really like I feel like the fact that you are able to really embody it um, but also acknowledge that, you know, you're not always going to be feeling 100% or, um, you know, um, feeling, like, happy and, and energetic and everything, but you're always kind of focused on doing things that make you feel happy and good um, and joyful. So, I mean, and, and, and play. Like, and I feel like you've talked about this a lot, in your on your Instagram um, about the importance of joy and play. So do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, um well I do feel like joy and play are things that come from the heart, like from our inner child and it kind of it helps tackle any like you know, perceived problem and it turns it into a challenge. And to bring this like playful energy to it, there's more hope and there's more optimism and then you feel like you have more power as well. Um 
What is what is in a child mean? In a child is like you as a child. Yeah, I guess it's kind of like, even though you're not a child anymore, you have this child part of you that still lives on in you and will live on in you forever. And it's about tending to her or his or whatever gender association their needs and being able to see them and hear them and hold space for them. And that actually brings me back to the question that I didn't get to answer, which is like, how do you connect to your heart's desires? Connect to your inner child. And when I say grounding, like that's more so to like get you out of your head, more into your body and more into your heart. And your heart is where your inner child is. What kind of things do you do to connect with your inner child? It can be like, it can be something like following my childhood dream, as grand gesture as that, or it can be like something cute, like watching a you know childhood movie, or it can be even like what I like a lot is just checking in throughout the day, just to take a moment to pause, take a deep breath. Hand over heart and just feel. And just a simple act of presence and consideration for my inner child is, yeah, is really powerful. And yeah, it's, it's, it's intense work. It is. Um, when I started, and I guess what you're describing is reparenting, right? Yeah. So when I started this, I don't even know how I started this, and, and I want to know how you got into this. Um, it must have been, you know, one of the podcasts, the many podcasts that I've listened to. And it's intense because, you know, um, there's so much emotions that can come up when you first start looking into connecting with your younger self. Um, yeah, so, I mean... Firstly, how did you hear about inner child work and reparenting? And I mean, what what would you what advice would you give someone who is curious about starting this kind of work? Um, I think well, the first time that I like consciously remember being exposed to inner child stuff is through Lacey Phillips, to be magnetic. Um, and the way that I would recommend for people to like work through it is like find the resource that best suits you. If it's a book, something like Dr. Nicole Pera has a book called How to Do the Work, and like even her Instagram is like a wealth of knowledge, yeah. you know, holistic, but holistic psychology. Um, yeah. And then there's like other um, things like, yeah, Lacey Phillips to be magnetic or, you know, even working through it with your therapist or I just, I think, you know, for the spiritual people out there, the language would be ask the universe, set the intention 
nice in the universe and see what follows through, or for the non-spiritual people out there, it would be set the intention of doing the work, ask yourself in your heart, and trust the answer that comes through. Trust the answer that comes through, and then try that answer, and if that doesn't work, then it's okay. See what else comes up. Try another one. You know, don't expect to be like, expect it to be easy or don't expect it to be, you know, whatever method or tool that comes up to be the perfect fit right away. Yeah. And what about the non-spiritual people who are going to come in? Um, yeah, like I said, just like set the intention and ask yourself and trust, trust whatever, whatever you feel guided to. Which I feel like would be listening to your intuition, right? And which is hard. For which a lot is of so hard. Like, how did you get to the point of being able to listen to your intuition and trust it? Oh man, I'm still working on that. Me too. It's Oh man, I think it's like you just gotta try. You just gotta try. Like, <sighs> what does it mean to you to follow your intuition and trust your intuition? Like, what is intuition to you? For me, intuition is a knowing inside of me, and yeah, it's a it's it's a knowing inside of me from the part of me that knows, um, and has know the best intention for me the part of me that is like a lot more aware Mm. and yeah trusting and following intuition is instinctual as well um i think we've talked about intuitive cooking before right Mm. so I really find that intuitively cooking has helped me um, follow my intuition because it's like I feel like I've, I, my body, by what I am craving, is telling me what I need. And then from that as well, kind of um, not following a recipe, just kind of having a bit of fun with it and playing around and experimenting um, has not only helped me, like, follow my intuition, but also, like, play and connect with my inner child. Um, and I think, like, you're an amazing cook. Like, if anyone follows Lisa on Instagram, <laughs> I would say, like, how good of a cook you are. And actually, I'm lucky enough to have tasted your food, which is amazing. <laughs> so how did you um, – have you always been like interested in cooking and like intuitively cooking as well? Um, I only got really into cooking when I like left home and I like had to, and it just felt nice to be able to like create my own meal. And I think the intuitively cooking like came over time. Like I had to first get comfortable with you know, the steps and the procedures and then once I had that sense of structure and stability, then I could allow for the creativity 
the intuition and all of that to flow through, which is very much like what I'm suggesting when it comes to heart's desires, like mm. to bring in some sort of structure and stability so that your intuition and your playfulness can come, your emotions and your intuition can all like, yeah, you need to create a, a safe container for you to dance and explore freely. Um, it's the same goes to the cooking. So it's like, it is a very, it's a balance between structure and flow, right? Because yes, you need the structure, but then you also need to allow yourself to just be and meet yourself where you're at and kind of go with it. Um, so how do you find that balance, you know, of structure? Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. Uh, maybe, I feel like it's, it kind of sounds like masculine and feminine. Yeah. Right? I guess it's a bit instinctual, like just what feels right in this moment, right now. Yeah. Like, for example, if I wanted, and recently I wanted to cook this new dish like that I've never cooked before, so I needed to bring in my masculine, needed to bring in structure and make sure that I read the recipe know the, the method and the procedure and everything I didn't make the recipe exactly the same I like added my own flair to it but if I had known how to make the recipe then I would have just flowed and It is hard sometimes, like, to get into that balance, you know. I mean, it's always, it's always a challenge, right? Um, um, and you mentioned dancing, and I find that that helps as well, like, to help me kind of shake, shake off, like, and that's what we were doing before, before, before yeah. this podcast started. <laughs> I was feeling very nervous, so then I suggested that we have do a, a dance. Yeah, have a little dance. And I've always found that dancing has helped me um, get back into my body and kind of shake off all of those nerves and anger and all the kind of heavy emotions um, and just feel light again. Um, yeah, I think I think everybody should dance by themselves in their room. Yeah, I think because I don't know about you, but when I dance when I haven't danced in a while and I dance on my own, I feel silly for like a moment. There's a moment at the start where I actually feel silly. Like I'm dancing and then like my inner critic is like, what are you doing? Like you, like you should be doing something productive or it's just judging me for like dancing silly or whatever. And at first I listened to that initial part and just didn't. And then when I continue to just push through that and just turn up the music a bit louder and just keep going, um, finally I would feel just so much more in my body and I feel, you know, um, and now that I'm saying it out loud, like I feel um, because I haven't done it much recently, I notice the difference. You know, it's something that I want to cultivate more. 
but we go through periods in our life anyway totally. where, we, where we do things like that a lot yeah. and we don't, you know. Yeah. And you were even saying today that you haven't danced in a while, mm. you know. So I think it's also respecting those parts. Yeah, yeah, same. Mm. Yeah. So how is dancing for you? Like how does dancing help you with um, kind of, is, is it a part of what life is like? Yeah, definitely. It just helps me feel more confident in my body and helps me just feel more into my like feminine essence. This like seductress, like this expressive, you know. It just feels nice to make art with your body. It's like feel through your body and express emote through your body. It's divine. You you really embody that seductress when oh. you dance. Like I think it's just it yeah, it's amazing to watch you dance. Like it it's like you're telling a story, like and I mean, yeah, like you've only how long have you been doing I mean, with COVID, it's like, you know, so on and off. But since I started, it's been maybe almost two years. Wow. Like, how did you get into that? And, I mean, what, like, what has, what have you discovered in yourself since doing it? Um, I actually got into it. Like, after I went travelling and I came home and I was feeling really defeated, I saw an energy reader and she was like, your guys are saying that you should try pole dancing. And I was like, that's what? a very specific thing. I was like, that's so random. Yeah. And then, lo and behold, it changed my life. So, yeah, I'm really happy about that. It brought me so much more confidence. It, it brought me so many new experiences. It ultimately helped me. It it was a step into the direction of evolving more of my body. When I so I you encouraged me to start pole dancing, and so I started last year, and it's so it's such an interesting experience. It's it is hard to explain, isn't it? It's like one of those things where you have to kind of. I feel like you have to actually experience it to fully understand. It's so empowering. It is. It's it. It's like I feel it's interesting at the start. Like it feels like a safe space to start off with. I think like it feels like a safe space to just be however you want to be. Um, it feels like a very non-judgmental space. Everyone's at different abilities, and yeah, like. And I think it was interesting to feel like, you know, um, at first I felt so self-conscious. Like, oh my god, same. Oh my goodness. Like, I was like, <laughs> and the, is this a body role? Like, constantly <laughs> laughing. Yeah. Like, couldn't take it yeah. seriously. And that's just like a coping mechanism. Well, it nervous is. Nervous laughter. The laughing. And I feel, I feel like I'm still at that point, but then, like, I see when you're like just doing your thing and I'm just like mesmerized. 
how did you get from the point of laughing at yourself to actually embodying that and like just being the seductress? You know, definitely practice. Yeah, just doing it over and over again. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely that. I mean, yeah, that's all you can do really, is just keep doing it. With everything, right? Yeah. And then now there's a pole downstairs. Yeah. In the living room. I think, like, <laughs> speaking of pole dancing, it's also important to acknowledge, like, where it comes from, which is from, like, the sex industry. It comes from strip clubs. And I think, you know, a lot of people can kind of try to dismiss the fact that it comes from that. Um, and it's quite interesting because when it comes to pole dancing, like, look at the way we talk about it, it's obviously something that's so empowering, and when you come, think about, like, strip clubs, or, like, women dancing in that manner, it's been, you know, put, it's been cast into the shadows, and, like, you know, labelled as taboo, and suppressed, mm-hmm. when it's this empowering tool, mm-hmm. you know, it's quite interesting, like, mm-hmm. how it's been suppressed for so long. Um, did you feel any shame whatsoever when you started pole dancing? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I was looking at my pole dance teacher's like, you know, thong in my like face doing the warm up, <laughs> and I was like, whoa, this is a bit much. And you know what? Even before yeah. I started pole yeah. dancing, I remember watching a video of this yeah. girl I used to work with in corporate. This was when I was in corporate. A video of her pole dancing, and I was like, "Is she serious? Like, is this what she's doing?" Like, I was a hundred percent slut shaming, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Yeah, just so in denial of you know that part of myself." How did you get to the point of accepting that part of yourself? Practice, practice doing it again and again being seen doing that, being seeing myself doing that. Was that easy for you to, like, just by practicing it was easy for you to get to the point of not shaming yourself or other people? It, I mean, it's not like I really did pole dancing with the intention of, like, reducing or abolishing my shame. Um, so it's not really the intention that I set out with, but I think it just kind of happened. Yeah. Well, yeah, it becomes normalized. And I think that it's important that we do normalize it. When I tell people that I pole dance, the reactions, um, and it it reminds me of the, um, Instagram reel that you did recently. Like, I like... (laughs) Like you say, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. like the reactions that you get from pole dancing. Yeah. And and it's funny because it's just like it's so normalized for me now that when I say it to people I'm like, Oh yeah, like I pole dance and then they're just they're so shocked and I'm just like not impressed. Like the shock factor is just like why are you why are you acting like that? But I think we have to remind ourselves of like 
we were like that before too. Oh, really? You know, and it we have to remember that um, if you haven't been exposed to it, it can be shocking because that's how we've been conditioned to view these things. Yeah. And especially coming from like I went to a, like growing up, I was in a Christian schooling. You know. So this kind of thing, for me to even allow myself to get to the point of pole dancing for exercise, I actually had the thought maybe like four years ago, but it took me that many years to build up the courage to even go. Yeah. And I needed the help of a friend, you, yeah. you know, um, to encourage me and normalize it for me, you know. Um, and I think what sold it was when you brought in your heels. And I was ah. like, damn, I love these. I still haven't bought my own heels yet, but I want to. They're just so cool. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so yeah, it's, um, it's, it's helped me a lot to shed a lot of shame. And I think, yeah, let's normalize this. Let's you can borrow my heels. Okay, so this is going to be like quick Hit questions. Me. Okay, here we go. What is your most treasured memory? Oh my god. I'm sorry, <laughs> this is meant to be rapid, but like, fuck. Like, whatever comes to Okay, my, my most treasured memory is, I don't know, my first ever memory is, like the earliest memory I have is when I was three years old. Mm-hmm. And I was in one of those, like, baby chairs with, like, the table where you can eat stuff off that swung as well. And um, my mum and dad were having a disagreement about whether or not they were going to feed me these spicy instant noodles. Um, That's the first thing that popped up to my head because it's the first memory that I have. I don't know if it's very treasurable. Most grateful for in life? For 
I feel most grateful for I feel most grateful for the way that my life has evolved, the way that I have evolved, and the I feel most grateful for myself, that I set the intention for change and that the universe and life has supported that. Yeah, I'm grateful. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Where can people find you? What's your at Huang <laughs> <laughs> Outs. It's H W A N G O U T S. Like Hangouts, but with my last name, Huang. And what can you expect on your Instagram account? Oh my god. <laughs> honestly, yeah, chili. Um, a full mixed bag. Honestly, my acting stuff. Some dancing stuff, some music stuff, some yoga stuff, some soul scribbles, some me talking about life. Yeah, <laughs> some cooking. Some cooking. Love it. Oh my god. It's a mixed bag. <laughs> yeah. All right. Spirituality. All of it. All yeah. good things. Okay, well, thank you very much. I'm thank glad you. that we can actually be here together in person. Because you're my roommate now. <laughs> Okay, y'all, thank you for listening to another episode of Light My Fire with the lovely Lisa. And I will put a link in the show notes for her Instagram. And also, um, this week she has started her YouTube channel, which is really exciting. So check her out. Um, it's also called Hang Out, um, the same as her Instagram. So I'll also link that in the show notes. Um, thank you for your support. I really appreciate it, um, and especially in these early stages when I really just don't know what I'm doing, but is anybody really? Um, so anyways, thank you for your support. Um, if you don't already, follow me on Instagram at lightmyfirepod. Um, I appreciate all comments, feedback. Um, suggestions for future episodes um, any guests that you'd like to have on if you know of anyone that you think would be um, you know has a good podcast voice and is willing and um, wanting to share their story with the world um, and yeah so now that I've kind of got this momentum I'd like to start posting uh, fortnightly so you can expect a episode this time um, every fortnight so stay tuned um, and keep it real peeps ciao